So introducing our next guest, we have the pleasure today of speaking with Edward Dunnett, who is also... He has done it. He has done it. He has done it. Well done. He has. Congratulations, because you are the recent A-Crew Award winner of Entrepreneur. I am, yeah. Thank you very much. (laughs) Is that a great chat up line? Did you ever use that? Did you ever go up to a girl and go, hi, I've done it? Actually, you know what? I haven't needed to. I think I think my personality is is off-putting enough. I don't need to. I don't need to add anything. <laughs> I've done it. Would you like to do it? That's yeah. A great job. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's let's get serious here. You right. you've won the Entrepreneur Award of Acru. Yeah. And there's quite a few contenders for this award. I knew a few of so, them. Yeah, I believe. Um. I think it was new this year. From what I understand, and um, yeah, I was, I was very, very happy, obviously, to be nominated to start with, and um, over the moon to win it, and it means a lot, certainly to me, and and obviously my wife and I started this together. So while I have won the award, it really is my wife in the background who deserves. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> yeah. so can, can you tell me which side of the bed is the trophy on? <laughs> it's taking pride of place in that shop, actually. We should just let people know that um, Ed has come out of his sick bed. Yes, sorry. Uh, yeah. No, 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 there's no need to apologize. It is the season four, but um, and it's and thank you very much for, for crawling out of the bed with a box of Kleenex. Are we allowed to promote Kleenex? There's, there's no sick days, sadly, when you work for yourself. All no, we yeah. we know the reality of that statement. <laughs> that is so the reality I mean, the staff have the days off, but you have to sort of soldier on. And it's the same on a boat. You know, you can't you can't just get up and go. Well, I'm not going to serve breakfast today because I'm feeling a bit ill. What, what the other thing we don't get? Oh, I know, bank holidays. Bank holidays. Yeah. Yeah. With a solid point, yeah, sick day and a bank holiday. Do, do you, do you so, wish that instead of setting up a wine company, you set up a bank? So at least uh, you could have yeah. <laughs> I think well, bank. You spend the money. We just drink the wine here, so we basically have a bank of wine. I I tell you, I've gone through some of your wine collection online. Some of it's rather nice. Yeah. Well, it's it's wrong because I was doing this at seven o'clock this morning. I was doing a little bit of research on your site, and it's wrong to look at a bottle of uh, well, Paul Hobbs, uh, <laughs> Beckstoffer, Togalon. Cabernet Sauvignon Napa Valley, and at seven o'clock in the morning, I was going, hmm, yeah, after that, it's not <laughs> turn me into somewhere else, it's drinking time somewhere else, turn me into an online alcoholic here. Yeah. So, Edward, just to take us back a little bit of how yeah. you got started, not just in, in building up onshore cellars, you yeah. can talk about the wine in a minute, but sure. I want to get a bit of the story out first. Um, before taking us back before setting up Onshore and Cellars, your starting point was actually in the yachting industry where I believe uh, you also found love I and did. future partner of your business. And yeah, self love. Yeah. This was love of somebody else. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, well, I started yachting way back 2008. And um, yeah, it's a great time to start. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, there's a recession. We should start in yachting. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then I met my wife on my 
I guess my first sort of biggish boat. So we that's two thousand and nine, is it? She's here with me listening, overseeing me. Bring her into the conversation. <laughs> this, is, this is Jess, my wife, and actually the Hello the, Jess. Uh, Hi Jess. Hello, nice, nice to meet you. Yeah, we uh, yeah we were in Yachty for a number of years, and we were looking. At, I mean, I'm assuming you want some story of how we started on the shore. So, it's, I'm not sure how we fell into it, but for some reason, we decided we try and sell wine, having been invested in wine for a while while we we're on the boats. And well, when when you were on the boats, yeah, what were what were your positions? Were you, Jess you know, was two, and I was uh, second mate on the last boat we were on. Um, we were the last last boat I was on was Motor Yacht Scat, so a nice which one? Very nice boat, Motor Yacht Scat. That's a, a seventy liter Larson. Yeah. yeah, fun crew, great owner. Yeah. And did you get to be uh, together on board? That's a bit personal. <laughs> I don't mean the very personal okay. sense of that, but did you find positions on the same super yacht? That's, that's very Let personal. me clarify. That's also very personal. We met while working on board together. So we, um, the whole love boat romance started, and uh, yeah, 10 years down the line, and we're married and have a baby now and a business. Yeah, there's a TV show called Love Boat. <laughs> So I, I'm sorry about those questions. They were very personal. Um, <laughs> obviously, you're on the boat. You're working. You're stewardess. You're uh, second mate. Uh, there are companies out there providing wine. Yeah. What did you? See, where did you see the opportunity? Because obviously, there was something about what you're getting that you thought, you know, what we could do better than this. Well, or did you just yeah. think to yourself, you know, what there's lots of competition out there. We should join them. <laughs> <laughs> A bit of bit of both we we saw we we really started to get interested in wine while we we're on board the yachts we were in investing um yeah, so i got interested when i was 15 yeah. <laughs> creating a cellar for us ashore and investing in wine um really sparked uh the interest and and thought well uh, this is this is quite an interesting business. Um, obviously, there are other companies out there that have been doing it for many years, and I think the biggest thing we saw was there was um, room for uh, just a breath of fresh air. Really, uh, we brought we 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 started the company with an online store, um, which hadn't been done before, and, um, and kind of it, yeah, yeah, tried yeah, to modernise it, tried to make yeah. things as, as simple as possible, really, and just bringing that um, visioning into the twenty first century. I think. Or the, the difference between we all selling and all have access to the same wines. So it's none of us are making wines. I think where we saw we could position ourselves was through the service and the value adds of making things easier. And having had the experience on the yacht, we thought, well, maybe we could take our experiences of provisioning, not just in wine, but in you know deck supplies and everything else, and try and apply what we wanted to change to how we would deliver the service that we set up. So the way I say it, although we do some wine, the way I do see it is we are essentially a logistics and service company. <laughs> yeah. So are we you, are you disruptors? <laughs> I wouldn't say that, I wouldn't say that it, the wine industry as a whole is very hard to disrupt. I mean the back end of the merchants and every where the wine comes from is is an old, old industry one of the oldest industries, certainly. One of the funnest. But um yeah, it's, hard to, it's hard to disrupt that side of things. We're reliant um, on 
And then can I can I ask about the change from life on board to life on shore? Because that's a big one for many crew, particularly ones like yourselves who are like, you know what? We kind of want to settle. We want a firm base. At some stage, we want to start a family. Can you kind of walk us through that transition? Did it coincide with let's let's go on shore, and then what can we do as a livelihood, or was the inception of the company and let's go on shore? How did it work for you guys? Um, uh, it came. I think one, it, one, one, both one at the same the time. Other. Yeah. yeah, we 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 were on board yachts and and thought there was one part of us really just wanted to be able to watch TV on our own and have our own space and not have to share a, a our relationship with seventeen other people. So that was a, a big move um, for us to to make the, the leap ashore, and um, it was hard. It was really difficult. I actually went back to yachts, so it was you know, the industry really just sucks you back in. Um, but while we were renovating our lovely store here in Antibes, I went back and was doing rotational work for two it. years to pay for it. <laughs> so it, um, it worked Sorry. out quite well. And that's really one thing we love about the industry is that I was able to able to do that and still have a foot in the door and be involved. And um, But it was a busy time doing uh, two months on board a very busy yacht and then coming back to a renovating a 400-year-old place here in Antigua. It was quite... You know what I love about guys, sorry, you know what I love about guys is when you're asking a question like that, um, the guy always looks to the girl and says, oh, yeah, we thought of it at the same time. <laughs> when, when did you decide to have kids? Oh, at the same time. And they always look at the girl because they're like, did, did I get that right? <laughs> you, kind of have a, uh, you kind of have something in your head. And it takes a few things to sort of trigger the, the move. So there was, a, there was a couple of bits of family because we wanted to move ashore, we're investing in a white, and it kind of all coincided at once. And you're like, bugger it. That's, and, you, and you looked at her again when you said that. Out of interest, why Antibes? I mean, Antibes was our home place. for many years. It is a great place, but there's loads of places around the med uh, yeah, you can I start think, with. So what brought you to Antibes? I think uh, when you look at it geographically, if you're trying to service the med at least, you are essentially in the centre. So a trip to Barcelona is equidistant, a trip to Genoa, etc., or actually down to Livorno. So you, you can cover... From a centralised, geographically a centralised location, you can cover the most expanse of the Med. Somewhere like Parma is great, and we love we spent some time there, but then you're on an island. And when you're trying to do logistics, that extra day is, mm -hmm. um, I think, is really, especially to yachts. I mean. Yeah, they won everything yesterday. Yeah. So it's, uh, and the wine, the wine trade itself moves at glacial speed at the other side, so trying to make sure that that doesn't hamper an extra day of delivery doesn't hamper you by being somewhere somewhere else but yeah it's yeah good news for you uh, glaciers are moving a lot quicker these days <laughs> uh, uh, that might help with your logistics i don't know <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah that was that was the concept behind it we we barely spent much time here when we were on yachts so no, we, we didn't at all. Um, our, we were really fortunate and our careers both led us to 
traveling the world a lot. I think we'd only been to Antigua once together. And yachts, yeah. so, yeah, yeah. I mean, what I we did, at did. the time, seven or eight years in yachting, and we hadn't really been to Antigua, so it was quite a novelty, actually. Yeah, we spent a lot of time at Anchor and Saint Tropez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, that was the choice. I think geographically that was the it choice. It sense. However, when you look back and you go, maybe we should have questioned setting up a business in France. or <laughs> in each That was going to be my next question, yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> each, each, each location has its, I guess, its downfalls as well as its um, benefits. So we, we tried to weigh them up, and I think this, the, the location was the most important thing for us. Yeah. Especially when we started, it was just Jess and I, and we were having to um, do the sales, the logistics, driving, the marketing, the website, everything. So it's, it did make it a bit easier not having to drive from Barcelona to Livorno. Or, yeah. Anyway, we're, um, now, now we're stuck in France. When you were starting kind of building up your, your seller, where did, where did you start? I mean, because I'm <laughs> in hole, France. Right? Well, <laughs> no, but like in France, you know, 90% of wine choices available easily are going to be French. It's similar in Spain. 90% yeah. of choices here are Spanish. 99.9. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe more percentage-wise. But it was, um, so where did you start on, on that? Of I think London, you know, it was a real eye-opener, and we did start this rather naively, I think, in terms of we had the yacht knowledge and we had a little bit of wine knowledge, but neither of us bought wine on uh, commercially scale. on that scale. But what you soon uncover is most wine is actually traded out of London. Um, probably 60% of what we buy is through London um, and, and distributed down here. So a lot of the New World stuff is through there. A lot of the high-end French wines are strangely all stored and kept in London. Yeah. Uh, and so that's where our started and for the first really two years I guess of onshore sales well until until our base here was um, finished and complete we have a great storage unit just out the back here and on tea that can hold <coughs> 100,000 bottles so we we then 500,000 500, bottles but then we've uh, we've uh, Basically, that first bit was just um, was was storing in London and collecting in London, and then once we had this place, um, we then started buying and expanding our our cellar um, and and our range and what lines we held here as well. So we do have a nice base stock here now yeah. of um, wines from all over the world, which makes it a lot easier to have it here um, with us. And then a huge investment. I mean, that's it's been driven by the success of the business rather than walking into this with a lump sum. And what we weren't able to do is raise finance to start this up. We had some savings from the yachts and we used that as cash flow. And over time, we've started taking lines that we sold uh, lots of and we stop those. And then little bits as the boat orders quite often, they'll order four bottles or something and we buy a case of 12. So then we'll hold the rest in stock. And, but yes, it's a slow it's a slow process. We didn't just go out and spend a million quid on wine. Um, it's been a slow build over the last four years, and now we have I would say just under a million euro of stock, which is yeah. I don't know whether it's useful or not, but we're certainly able to drink it before it goes wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, if everything hits the fan, at least you'll be happy. Goes wrong, <laughs> drink for a couple of 
Yes. yes. You've now got our contact details, so we're, we'll be there for you. <laughs> <laughs> happy, to report, yeah. happy to report bottle by bottle. Yeah. I think, I think you've raised an interesting point, though, of, you know, when people see a successful business, they don't always realize the absolute perseverance and determination and sweat and guts that actually goes into it. You know, most up. businesses, that first two years is just hard work and belief of so we can do it. Are you speaking successful from business is a series of failures. We've, um, you know, we've been through a lot and we've had uh, a, a lot of, a lot of failures to begin with, but it has um, but nobody does see that. Nobody knows, and I guess that's a good, costs uh, us a lot. <laughs> yeah. that, that's a good thing. You know, people can see um, they they look at us and see a successful business now, which is fantastic. But yes, it is tough. Oh, it's for, for, for yes, so, no wages and no income, and you never really. see that. You never see that on the website, do you? It's all about <laughs> us, contact us, and here's the thing. You never say, oh, and here's our failures, and you can yeah. just scroll through this. But we are so much wiser <laughs> for them. Yeah. For, for more, further information those, on our failures. Your selling points, I think, is once you realize all the mistakes you've made, and unless you're a complete idiot, you learn from them, and then they become your sort of selling points in the future. And, you know, we learn from them. Learn, yeah. Yeah. I think the hardest thing has been is, and I, I'd imagine it's true for every business, is cash flow. And, uh, you know, we're doing huge orders, hundreds of thousands of euros of wine, where you have to balance two or three of those, let's say, in a couple of weeks, and you have to buy the wine and wait for the payment. And we all know that boats, while they have the money, often the money is held and is released on a slower basis than you would like. So that's been that's been the trickiest thing is is taking we've had enough orders, but it's it's managing the cash flows to fulfill those orders in the time. Thankfully I think this is the first year where we feel like we've got our head above the water a little after a series of really um really good orders this year. It's yeah, been it's and been it's a lot of fun money. actually, a lot of fun. That's how that feels. <laughs> yeah. Gosh it's there's one this year that really changed changed uh, changed the game for us, I think, which was a very emotional time. It was about a month of high emotions, not knowing what was going on, and it was it was it was a huge huge order. I mean, it was double our turnover last year in one order. So um, yeah, it was it was, it was, it was like really the lotto ticket. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting to work on, and and then yeah, incredible to the, the, the um, be involved the with an order that was dealing with unicorn wines. You know, very rare, um, rare vintages, and it just it, it just it is exciting as much as it's very um, it's tough and it's um, it's difficult. But we work in a really awesome industry to to be able to buy and sell these wines that are. Um, they really are unicorn wines. Yeah. They are rare vintages, and and be involved in that. It's a right. whole other world. It's amazing. year old bottles of Chateau Acam, and we had a, a whiskey collection of six bottles that was almost a million euro. Yeah, it was very very interesting to see it. Sadly, we didn't taste them all, but um, <laughs> so, yeah. So. Presumably, one of the big parts was also sourcing where you could get these very unique wines as well, and building up that content yeah. contact 
base uh, of resources for different yeah. wines. But what we do is as important as our suppliers are our clients and, and keeping your suppliers happy. It's without them, we can't fulfill orders. And without our clients, we don't need the suppliers. So, but yeah, over the last four years, we've been lucky enough to meet some some really interesting suppliers and people and had, that work. Um, had people that have worked with us that have introduced us and opened doors in, in, in London in, in the wine trade. Like we had a really interesting article written about us in Decanton Magazine, which is a wine publication. And we had we were inundated with people, suppliers coming and trying to sell wine to us. But it's really good. important to us to, yeah, as Ed said, as we need so, to make sure our relationship is, is good with all of our, our suppliers as that's where, that's the root of our, our business. So it's, um, yeah. but it's, uh, they yeah, have it's to been, understand our, our industry, is, yeah, we, which is very hard to explain to some people that you're selling to someone who demands it tomorrow and they're normally used to releasing a wine in a month to get to someone. So when you go, right, I need all of these things tomorrow and they need them here and then this needs to happen they're like what, what? <laughs> so um well, yeah, also I, there's the other factor of transporting wine you know it, it it's got to be a little bit tricky of because you need temperature control and yeah. packaging and um how it's, to get there quickly yeah it's uh the logistics as i said i think is is the core of our business. Mm -hmm. um, just an example, that large order we had that ended up flying on a private jet from, so first of all, it went from our sellers in London to an airfield and then on a private jet and was flown around Europe. And uh, Yeah, the logistics is, is obviously very important and the, the, the worry of moving a huge amount of, essentially something that's easily stolen and there's lots of that. Broken. Yeah, all broken. <laughs> broken. Yeah, that's yeah. always something that's out oh. of our control. It doesn't happen often, but gosh, it's it's not fun when it does. Yeah. But um, yeah, we, we work with, uh, we have a fantastic um, company that we use out of London who their job is um, shipping wine. So they're our, our wonderful shippers there. And obviously we, we pack and store and ship things from here as well in France. But it's, um, yeah, it's got to take a lot of care and get the logistics right. And as Ed as said, that's our, that's our business is, um, is getting the logistics of getting these wines to people in different locations around the world safely and on yeah. time. And insured, most importantly. <laughs> I think when we oh, first started, so. we weren't probably as conscious of this sort of stuff as now we have every shipment's fully insured in the van. And at the beginning, you sort of, we haven't, thankfully, we haven't had any serious damage. No. Nothing, no. Um, nothing too expensive. Occasionally a broken bottle. But, um, yeah, but yeah, touch wood. Boats aren't buying plonk to plonk. You know, they're no. buying uh, expensive wines. So, yeah. Five pounds, six thousand, seven thousand a bottle is not unusual. It's not, um, and it's um, yeah. There's obviously a great care of moving it, and you don't want to disturb it. However, yachts being yachts, and the nature of the owners is a lot of this is more last minute than you'd like. Yes, your your options of moving the wine are then limited by the time scale you've got to do it. So yeah, I've been, I've been on both. Well, we'd, we'd have it a certain way, but in reality. These things have to be put on the back of a van tomorrow and then off there. And 
I've been yeah. on a yacht where I've heard overheard a conversation of a guest saying to the owner, oh, have you tried this wine? This reminds me of this wine. And the owner turning to the, uh, the stewardess going, have you got this wine? No. Oh, I'd like that with dinner tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No yep. problem. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's that's it. You know, we we come from the other side. I've been I've been in that position. I've been the chief stew where the owners turned around to me and said, "I want this for dinner tomorrow night." So I think that's where we really understand and we can sympathise with our clients, and we know that that it's out of their control. These people want what they want when they want it, so we make it happen. Yeah, and then yeah, that's I mean essentially. That's why we exist, and that's why there's so many small businesses in yachting. And it is still a relatively new, I think, business area, yachting, really. It's only a couple of decades old. There's lots of small cottage industries around, and people, I think, it's very hard for, let's say, a wine merchant in London to start setting up a business selling wine to yachts because they're really just, I just don't think they would ever get or understand the logistics and, and the time and and the requirements you deal with it. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's quite a head wreck, unless you know the industry. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it takes a lot of your time to sort out the relatively yeah. few small orders that you think. Though, I mean, the big ones tend to be a lot easier, but it's as you say, it's when they want something tomorrow and they want it on a bank holiday and it's a, a vintage that there's only a few bottles left in the world. and. We've I've ended up flying Jess back to London and friends out to Sardinia with wine in their um, mm -hmm. in their luggage, etc., just to make the deadline of, of getting it on board. But yeah, it's crazy. So I'm dying to ask of how many have you got to taste, or because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like you've got all these amazing wines coming. Oh, really it's it. tempting we, just to go. Oh, I'd love to try that. You know, such million or. Some great wines, but uh, I mean nothing, nothing crazy actually. We we see a, we see a lot of wine. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Probably but the I nicest think, wine that's given to us by suppliers. Yeah, we've had some wonderful gifts. We've had some lovely gifts of some clients as well yeah. that have, have given us some some wines to try. But um, yeah, we we do we we taste a lot. Um, we have. Uh, we we taste a lot of our mid range ourselves, obviously, because we can afford to do that. But those those rare and special bottles, it's a rare opportunity to yeah. taste those as well. So. We've had some nice clients who brought in. Uh, we had one who brought in a fifteen thousand euro bottle of wine to open in the shop with us, which was um, very special. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but, I mean, I'd imagine that working on board a boat, you're trying, I mean, you tried lots and lots of yeah. nice wines because you have to. Here, yeah. I can't afford to. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can I suggest you buy a syringe? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but I think people will notice if the levels of the bottles that they're getting <laughs> sent are a bit lower. <laughs> syringe, syringe works both ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, um, uh, what would be uh, uh, for you guys? What would be your favourites? I mean, are you are you New World? Are you French? Are you Spanish? Are you Italian? If you had if you had your menu, I mean, it's not necessarily the most expensive wine that is your favourite or your the best. Your desert island wine. 
Oh, ladies, oh. you'd need a whole case of them, wouldn't you? Yeah. Lots of yeah. I think you're you're probably more a burgundy white man, aren't you? I am. And yeah. I'd say I'm probably more a oh truce lady. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say no. Any but, juice uh, is good. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh goodness me, it's, See, a tough one. it's a tough. I must say, I'm a, I'm very I'm very fond of um, of the Italian Super Tuscans. Uh, so a, a nice big Italian red, I wouldn't say no to. Yeah, I'm more white. Just I'm red. for the yes, but oh, I mean, I, I like to drink all day, so um, <laughs> you can't have red at nine in the morning. We're no, only asking because Christmas is coming, so we yeah, don't want to... yeah. I uh, it's, it's tough. We we try lots of different wines as well, which I think yeah, is the most have, fun um, I have here. Is is when we take on new lines and different wines and different grapes. We try and try everything that's slightly different. So, do boats return wine? Say the boat gets a wine, you know, they spent seven, eight thousand, whatever. Yeah, you know, these wines can cost a lot, and they get a, a corked wine. Yeah. Uh, would, do they typically return that, or do they just go? We have, oh, shit, we have had wines returned. It's it's very difficult because hmm, if you were opening a bottle of wine in here and it was corked, we could immediately taste we the wine taste and it. we could tell. we could tell and agree with you. Quite often, we've had oh, as an example, we've had someone send back a case of vintage champagne and it was fifteen something years old. And they opened two bottles, and, and we took all six back because they thought we were caught. I tried one, then they got hit. And I think perhaps if you aren't used to having a vintage champagne that old, then it has a completely different taste. So it's, it's hard to tell just because someone says it's corked. doesn't necessarily mean it is. Well, I'm sure these guys drink more wine and nicer wine than I do. We do take wines back, but we have to be very careful. I can't take something back on someone's word that's... Yeah, and but having a corked wine is is that's unfortunately that's just what happens sometimes. I mean, even even in some restaurants, they won't they they will just say, "Well, you've got the bad luck of the draw." Unfortunately, yeah, so it's, well, it's uh, easier in the restaurant because you can tell if it's corked yeah, and you can taste it and see it. But it's uh, can they send back the bottle so you can taste it but as well? And it's it's open to the air and oxidized. Yeah, yeah it's going to change anyway. And we, we are, obviously, we want the clients to be happy. And we have taken, I took two bottles that were 18,000 back. 18,000. They returned them. And that was not a good not day. A good day. <laughs> well, we have a good supply chain. So I took them and sent them back to our supplier, who was, we spent a lot of money with him. It was then, he took them back and it went up. But we have to, where we buy our wine is obviously very important to make sure that it hasn't been stored incorrectly. The provenance of the wine is, is yeah. incredibly important. I mean, lots of boats to... offer us their sellers to buy their seller off, but I, I, you can't take wine. I, we can't take wine and then sell it because it's been on a boat. The provenance, we have to know where it's come from so that we mitigate any risk of us having issues. Um, and then there are certain wines that are well known for being caught, like older vintages of the flair have had a problem with the corking for a number of years and probably would be a wine I would steer clear of anything sort of 10 years old or more. Um, but yeah, it's, it's sadly luck of the draw sometimes whether you get a bad bottle or not. Um, 
But we, yeah, we do we do do our best to keep the client happy. Yeah. yeah. Um, trends in in wine. Have you noticed different trends in wine? I mean, for example, you mentioned champagne, which you know is seen as the quintessential bubbly drink. However, not everyone actually likes champagne, and for many people, a really nice cava yeah. or a really good prosecco, it doesn't yeah. have the same allure. As champagne, but for some people, it can be nicer to drink. Don't compare a Bollinger to a Prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, there's definitely trends year on year, and I can, I, well, I believe we can see where certain champagne houses have spent more money on advertising Marketing. and marketing <laughs> in the right yeah. place because their brand becomes more popular and ordered. And it, the same is true across across all of the range. So some years it's the super tassons, it's all about Sassakai, and some years it's all about Tumelo. And so the, the, the preferences change, but then you do see uh, our clients obviously quite varied. There's a lot that buy wine based on the name and the points, and there's a lot that buy wine because they just like the wine and it's 20, it doesn't matter that it's 20 euro, they, they love it, yeah. Pop quiz for you. Uh -huh. I'm going to quiz you on your wine here. Uh, Cristal Champagne. Yeah. Do you know why the bottom of a Cristal Champagne bottle is flat? Uh, I have been told this. Yeah, this is something to do with the, with the czar, isn't it? Where um, he wanted it see-through, and that's why it comes wrapped in plastic, and it's flat on the bottom so that you can't hide... Um, I don't you know. can't poison something. Yeah. Oh gosh. Close. You're close. You're it's flat, it's flat in the bottom, so that they couldn't hide an explosive in the oh, bottom. Yes. Oh. There we go. And, and okay. it's he wanted, it, he wanted it clear. He wanted it clear so they could see it through. That's why they wrap it in the plastic for the ultraviolet light. Oh, yeah, that's yes. right. For some protection. Yeah, someone's Absolutely. reading our website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um, that's always a popular wine. It's um, it's, it's, I, I've rarely seen anything but Cristal on a, on a yacht. Yeah. Rarely. It's, 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 uh, it's very popular. And then, yeah. I mean, we, we do a lot of work with an English sparkling wine company, Richie. Oh, it's who, uh, fantastic. They've just How, won Winemaker of the Year. Yeah. Yeah. However, uh, it's difficult to sell because, you know, when you go, I want to pop something special for a celebration. You don't go, I'm going to pop a bottle of English sparkling wine. You go, I'm going to pop it. <laughs> <laughs> it will it's come. getting more and more popular, and, and we like, um, and that's one thing that we like doing is, uh, um, which, which we do a lot. We've written a book called Iconic, which is our top 100 wines to have on a super yacht. And the main reason behind it was to, try and introduce some different wines to the yachting industry and and um, tell the story behind uh, behind these producers and the winemakers um, and the winemakers yeah. and what they're doing and and um, it was it was really interesting but from from that we have we we tend to have a different list to a lot of other people's in the industry so we're trying to it, trying to broaden their taste buds and have try something new and different and you send out samples to to big clients <laughs> you can take that Sparkly wine and send them a bottle and say, Look, try this. We, we, yeah, uh, we do so, lots of yeah. events and tastings. Um, we, we've had uh, here in the shop, um, now that the summer, the busy, crazy summer is over, we have, uh, we have uh, events in the shop um, with producers. So they come, they come here and we then 
are able to get, you know, 30 odd people to come and taste the wines <coughs> with the with the winemaker, which is great. And obviously, we've had um, some great people. Too. Yeah, we've, we've had, had Rodero we've had, and Salaya yeah. in, the, oh. and, Rich and then some and smaller producers, Beaumont. Do you ever send uh, wine to, say, like, radio stations? <laughs> <laughs> we, we could. We, we certainly could. can. <laughs> Just ask me. Well, we've got, we've got a batch coming next week, so I'll put something on for you guys. Happy, happy to do a wine thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lovely. <laughs> I'd be happy to listen to you guys after having the wine. <laughs> uh, you can listen to us while we drink it as well, if you like. Well, then we'll be yeah. limited because we go live at 12 every day. So well, we'll just start early. <laughs> <laughs> um, and how about with with um, training? Do you help with... Oh, I, I don't need training. I, just think, uh, <laughs> I know you don't need training. But... You show people how to lift and fill a glass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we are a... Yeah, we, we do the WSCT um, courses. Wine Spirit, Spirit Education Trust. Trust for a approved program provider for that. We have a lovely teacher, Rosie, who is working with us and... Um, She's uh, fantastic. So we, we offer level two and level three. Um, and then we also do, a bes we can do bespoke courses as well. We can come onto the boat. We can, you know, if people only wanted to just learn particularly about just champagne, we can do that as well. So we, um, yeah, I think education is key. Um, these, the, the stewardesses, especially as, a, as an ex-chief stew, I was very big on, on, uh, on education because it's uh we're serving some of the world's most expensive bottles of wine. You should know a little bit about them. <laughs> or at least the region that yeah. they come from. Yeah, the very least, yeah. But, um, and what, what about matching it to the menu? Is that down to the chef, or do you advise yeah, on that as well? We can advise on that as well. So um, for Sometimes, sometimes we get sent we, a menu, and then we suggest wines against the menu. Yeah, especially um, for particular oh. charters. If they've already um, they've already set out the menu for the week and we can pair all the wines to to that or um, if they've got a special occasion coming up, we can we can work with the chef and, and suggest wines that will go well. Um, we've also had, you know, our wine expert go on board and have a look at what the seller what, what what's there and, and what works well with what dish so that the um, interior team and the galley team are aware of kind of what to serve for when the boss asks for that particular meal. So it's, um, yeah, we can offer all of that. Are, are dessert wines popular? Uh, yeah, you know we, 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 we sell a, bit, we sell a bit. few. They're popular with me. Yeah, we're <laughs> very big on, on sweet yeah. wine. Absolutely love it. Um, but, um, yeah, it's a... It's not. It's not a staple of every order. I, I you know, every order one, always has rosé, always has champagne, and and it's not like every order always has sweet wine. So it's, I think it's one of those things. Either you like it and you really like it, or you just too sweet. Like marmite, I guess. It's, yeah. A lot of people don't have any, but then when you when you do have an order for it, is I mean, they, some of them are fairly expensive, like Chateau Aquin. So you'd have to be fully committed to, to to wanting it if you're spending five. Well, what about, what about ice wines? Like, ice wine. I would imagine for, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like we've sold one bottle. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not really. Well, uh, we have something from Canada. Um, yeah. Forgetting producer's name, but very rare. Yeah. But we do have a lovely wine from the Loire, a sweet wine that won Decanter's Wine of the Year a few years ago, and that's yeah. only sort of forty euro. And for me, that's the price point where you can drink one, maybe two. 
spirits what would be the most popular spirits i mean i i actually would almost presume that whiskey would be up there among americans but gin i mean gin has had its own fashion over the past couple of years gin is uh the most popular in terms of volume that we sell would it be would probably be at vodka but in terms of price point and um, revenue generated is whiskey. Um, I think top end, sort of high end, expensive whiskeys has gone up thousands of percent over the last few years. One, one just sold for one point three million. Yeah, we had a bottle on the same bottle on offer to a client not so long ago. Kidding. So um, look for slightly less than what it sold at auction for. But uh, yeah, Hibiki has probably been Hibiki and McAllen are the uh, so Jack yeah, McAllen Mac went for 1.3 million for yeah. the, uh, 1926 was, bottle. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, uh, um, and then there's uh, so we've got the McAllen, which is very popular, and then the Japanese side. We've got lots of Yamasaki and Hibiki. Yeah, speaking of trends earlier, that's certainly that's certainly been the trend of the last yeah. couple of years. I mean, it was the Japanese whiskey has been enormous. Yeah. But um yeah. Is it made well, from rice? Japanese whiskey? No. Yeah. I've, I've never Yeah. I have no idea it's, about Japanese whiskey. Why would you say yes? <laughs> sure it is. I, I don't think so. I think it's made in the same way. They've they've yeah, it's not. What about talk about sake being wine? What about cringy wines? Have you had an order come in of like Blue Nun or something where you just go, oh, uh, I don't even have, know Blue Nun is in existence. Yeah. <laughs> well, is it still around? Like cooking wine, we get Yellowtail and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't knock Yellowtail out. That's my Christmas lunch. <laughs> and we do nothing too cringy. We've got lots of wine here that we, that we drink regularly, but we send out for the crew. So, on most orders, we send the crew a few bottles, and we've got some nice, good value, sort of under ten euro wine that you I guess you could use for cooking. But yeah, the the worst wines have always been for the chefs, and they want yellow tap this or blue nun or some random wine. For cooking. For cooking. cooking, I hope so. <laughs> oh no! Although some of the chefs I've worked with, it's probably just for daytime drinking. I, I, I must be because most of the chefs that, that I, I kind of know of or, or listen to or whatever, um, they always say, you don't put it in your food unless you'll drink it. Yeah. 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 This, this thing of like cooking wine, no, no, no. Unless you're happy to drink it, don't put it in your food. And uh, the, the concept of cooking wine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. If you had a better question, well, to the domestic market. <laughs> Some of us don't get that choice. <laughs> Plastic bottles with screw cups. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Sucks wine. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I brought the tone down completely. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that's the last one is actually the. The trend of corks versus plastic corks versus, you know, screw tops. Screw tops. I, you, I'm talking really, really cheap wines. Is you, I've discovered you can even get wine in plastic bottles, like plastic bottle wine. You get wine in a bag as well, honey. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah, there's some wine in a can now that's launched in America. Obviously, for just when you're running around town and you need a can of wine. Yeah, it's Look probably lovely. I mean, you could put a protrusion into a can, and I would still think it vile. It's yeah, 
you want to the course right in a proper, it is it's it's part of the thing it's a proper it course with a proper cork uh, you, you pull the cork, you, you cut the foil, you, you have a nice glass, you sort of snip the cork. Thin. You can't sniff a plastic cork. Have you sniffed <laughs> I mean, I don't know what I'm sniffing for. I always look at, oh, yeah, but I don't know why I'm doing like that. Pork, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sniff the screw top. <laughs> really, I think, I mean, they've, they've proved, uh, proved countless times that the uh, the change of cork to screw cap that doesn't have that much of effect on the wine at all um obviously you just if you aren't using a cork you're eliminating the risk of having cork taint but um yeah it does really does take the romance out of it yeah it does and it's a psychological absolutely i like to oh yeah but then again when you're in a rush a screw cap is handy (laughs) (laughs) that's called knacker drinking yeah, you know, bring it down to the canal. You don't need a corkscrew; just unscrew it. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Beaumont, actually, he's um, a producer in the wire. He's the first Frenchman to put his wine under screw cap, and he came under a lot of pressure and mm. upset in the French community. But yeah, we we've got to move forward. There's only so much cork on. And it does. It does mean that he can um, his price point per bottle can come down because cork is expensive. So I think it's um, yeah, yeah, especially at the lower. If you're buying an eight euro bottle of wine, and you imagine the cork's probably costing somewhere between fifty cents and eighty cents, that's a large chunk of the value of what you're getting. I'm okay with fifty cents, eighty cents. Yeah, yeah no, but yeah. if you're eco-conscious, I know in France you could recycle your cork, your corks from yes. wine. I haven't seen anywhere here. I mean, I was saving corks for the longest well, yeah, time, thinking we could make cork. a pin board. Or, I mean, this is a precious material now. Could, what do you do with it? We could build a raft with our corks. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> before we hit the top of the hour, um, can I just get back to where we started, which oh, yeah. was... Congratulations on your award. Oh, I totally forgot about award. <laughs> Did you get to go to the ceremony? Did you go Please. together? I mean, we did, yeah, we went together. Yeah, it we was, did. it was us. It's amazing. Air crew did an amazing job. Um, yeah, Everyone really, has said that actually. It was, yeah, it was, it was really, a really, really wonderful night. Um, they, really fun. They maybe. did. Uh, a, yeah, really great job. Um, everyone looked fantastic, and I yeah, think, wonderful yeah. food. And we were really chuffed to have a night away from the baby and uh, <laughs> get to celebrate yeah. together. It was really fun. Yeah, and did you get to catch up with um, old crew and people yeah. you knew from working in the industry? Was it's it dangerous going kind of something like that when you you bump into people you work with or working with or you know in your order book? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always, always. And it's, uh, no, from from Ed and I, Ed and I being yacht crew for ten years, uh, we we have and now working as with onshore sellers, we certainly. We, we know a lot of people, and it was really fun to to go to that event and see so many familiar faces. It was really great. Loved it. Yeah, it was fun. And, yeah, Agri, as I said, did a really good job. And I think that this awards that they've created, I think, is, is really – I think it's really good in the industry, and you can oh, see it. Brilliant. Yeah. I hope that year on year it will – will be forgotten attract more and more attention. And Yeah. For, um, for us as well, we were so – uh, grateful to be recognised um, for for what for what we do within the industry. Yeah. It was um, it was really lovely because I think there's it, an equal amount of hard work on the supplier side to make sure that the yacht crew get and get what they need 
to do a good job and to keep their boss or charter guests happy. So it's, yeah, it's nice to recognise that there's two sides to this and um, yeah, excited to see who's who's going to win next year. Indeed. Yeah. Well, um, can I thank well, you both? Maybe next year you'll be interviewing us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we didn't start in yachting, so I'm not sure if we're applicable. Oh, but, oh, oh no, uh, if you're listening, um, I started in yachting. I was on the boats. Yeah. The v- V-sets and stuff. Yeah, in the techie side of it. In the techie side. However... Um, we're just about to hit the news, so may I thank you both. It was a pleasure to get both of you in. I thought we were just starting with Edward. Yeah, but, luckily, uh, had the nice one of us <laughs> as well. <laughs> and um, uh, check out if you're um, in the line, Onshore Sellers. You yeah. have uh, onshoresellers.com, and you're on all social media. And here are some... And crew and entrepreneurs that know their stuff. And don't many forget, congratulations. Don't forget to tune in for our on-air wine tasting extravaganza. It'll be a four-day <laughs> event. <laughs> I don't think the band's big enough for a four-day wine adventure, but I will send you guys something. Right, Lovely. thanks so much well, for your time. Many thanks. Ciao, ciao. And congratulations. Right. Well, thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Super